Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourse here with Joel Johnson, who'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Joel. Hey, Matt. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. Part three of a four-part series about digital strategy, digital marketing, and today, the message. This is like the Return of the Jedi episode, like the third one. Was that the third? Uh, you know, you're going to start a whole debate amongst listeners about... Which, by the way, I just proved the theory of how we can smack things. In you did. The, yeah. As I hit the camera. That's why I'm, well, I was sitting here like this. Yeah. It, usually when recording an episode of Startup Hustle, it's best to just sit on your hands. Squeezing the nervous ball. Yeah. I don't think our listeners know what that is, but we've literally. I showed them. Yeah, it's true. If you want to check out what Joel's even talking about, go to the Startup Hustle YouTube channel. Anyway, back to what we're here to talk about, yeah. which is digital marketing messaging and how that should be precise, which is exactly what we just weren't, right? True. Yeah. Now, in the theory of being precise, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. We can help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. I noticed that on my notes here today, it is it says my co-host is Fullscale CMO or Man of the Woods. Who's the man of the woods? Apparently you are because you were dressed like Justin Timberlake from Man of the Woods album cover yesterday. Thank you for that. So, yeah, I'm really confusing people. We're going to talk about digital marketing messaging. Once again, this is a three-part series, uh, digital strategy. Digital strategy. Digital marketing channels. It's important. And now digital marketing messaging. So we started by giving a over, basic overview about what digital strategy was. Long story short, it's your plan. Yeah. For digital stuff. It's important yep. these days. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. a tech company. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, in many ways. And then with digital marketing, that's just such an expansive topic. I mean, we covered a whole lot of different things. Um, I'm, I like to advise people to learn how to use grassroots kind of stuff. Um, therefore, our digital strategy session is not highly centric around paid. Right. Um, although we will touch on some of that in episode four, um, there are a lot of things that you can do to build your audience, build your brand. And uh, what we'll talk about today is build your message. So when it comes to the actual message of whatever it is that you're trying to convey, mm -hmm. do you have some basic pointers, Joel? I mean, two, two things come to mind. Voice, right? And kind of your, your tone of voice, I guess. What? Voice like that. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> you're the volume. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand tone. Um, so I'll give you an example. In the books that I've written, I get the feedback from people. They say, "I felt like you were talking to me." That's good. That's the voice. Yes. You want that. You do. Uh, which, by the way, as I was writing my first book, I was trying to take that out of my book, and my editor was like are you trying to take your voice out of the book? Cause you're doing a good job. I was like, yeah. He's like, no other way around. I was like, Oh, he's like, you happen to find your voice as a writer pretty quickly. And some people search a lifetime for that. So don't try to kill it. Yeah. But, same thing goes with your brand. 
Yeah. And so your brand can have a voice. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it has, uh, has a way about it. You know, some brands have a sarcastic tone. They do. Uh, some of my favorites. Some, well, we talked about MailChimp before and that their initial launch was all errors. So snail wimp, right. You know, and different stuff like that, but that sets a voice and a tone. Um, really in the end, don't overthink it. it. People want to be communicated to as if they are sitting across the table talking to each other like we are right now. Mm-hmm. Honesty is a good thing. The yes. honesty of your brand voice. Yeah. So there's some things that can affect your voice and your tone. Like an exclamation point. We're all caps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. Um, you know, and you, you got to think about some of that stuff. Uh, as someone who considers myself a marketer, I use a different type of grammar <laughs> and spelling where all words can be capitalized. And sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said when it, you know, we're not going to get into to grammar, although we will talk about using adjectives uh, in your voice, you know, being lively, positive, and professional. So who is going to hear your message? It, and that's all kinds of people, right? Who do you want to hear the message? Who do you want to receive it? Mm -hmm. So if you're being like, okay, if you are right, Peloton, they should be lively and yeah, we're going to help you work out. Yeah. Goals, 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 climb the mountain. Yeah. Climb the mountain. I guess pedal up the mountain. It sounds, you lost me at pedal. <laughs> um, but that, but the point is, is in that regard, that brand is wanting to be invigorating or you say positive. Like if you're selling a book about self-improvement, learn to be the best you. You're good enough. You're good you're enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. <laughs> yes. It's questionable on some days. <laughs> And then, you know, with a professional tone, uh, you know, if you're selling HR services, you know, you, you learn like, like improve your compliance structure now, <laughs> like captivating. Well, I mean, but, but to the person that you want to hear that, yeah, that professional tone, like no one, anyone that's in HR, that's trying to go for the lively tone of voice, they might have picked the wrong profession. It's not usually what I correlate True. with, with lively. Right. So, but you think about that and the way you deliver your message. And then sometimes, like I said, with uh, MailChimp, you might just go with the whole opposite. Like, you know, and, and, you know, it, it, if it gets the attention, it can work, but you got to stick with it. You got to find some level of consistency. So, I like Geico. The Geico commercials with a caveman, any of them. Sure. I mean, they've done a lot of them yeah. that have been, uh, ran more random than you would expect from an insurance company. Sure. And, and the reason for that is they're taking that opposite approach. Cause really in the end, insurance is not exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, you actually see a lot of the companies trying to do that. Like who is sure. one of them? I can't, and this tells you the brand he's not strong enough, but yep. they have the chaos guy. Oh yeah. You know, and like, he's always breaking something or, mm -hmm. you know, like, ah, like driving a car into a fire hydrant, which then, you know, triggers a domino that falls over, starts a lawnmower and like, yeah. you know, but, mm -hmm. but that is an opposite approach because the ins insurance is not exciting. It's not something people like paying for it, any of that. It's, it's just necessary. Yes. It's almost like putting a hat on a pig and thinking, no, it's not a pig. Right. It's a pig with a hat on. I think one of them had a pig with like a pinwheel and he was like kind of like a child. Sure. But yeah, 
Geico farmers, they've a lot of them have taken that approach. But the funny thing is, well, it's effective because in some cases, well done, it's memorable. Yes, that's right? the key. That's the key. So right. we also mentioned tone, uh, which on my notes here say flavor. I like flavor though. People like flavor. I mean, fla- well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, once again, this is going to go back to the, who's your audience? What's the situation? Where's the channel? Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok, you're going to have different flavor. A lot of different flavors. So the startup hustle TikTok channel is basically just videos of people shooting the money gun. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of flavor, in my opinion, that belongs on the TikTok channel. It's not, you're not going to find a 30 second. Hi, this is Matt DeCorsi. And I'd like to give you a tip on being an entrepreneur, mm. make a cool business plan, you find good people, hire people that are smarter than you. Like no one, no one, that's not tick. That's not the right. That's not why they're there. Not the right flavor. That's right. That would be good on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Different audience. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, sometimes when you talk about, the messaging, uh, you look at Instagram, Instagram wants like no words almost. True. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, like it's, it's shocking. That. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a picture centric thing and they know what responds well. Um, sometimes as you, you know, and it's hard to tell when you're just doing organic stuff, but if you're trying to boost a post, like these things will tell you too, they'll say you, you have too much text. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not going to play well. Too much being more than like five letters. They're not telling you that for any other reason than wanting your ad to be successful, get mm-hmm. clicked more and help you spend more money. Yeah. So there's a reason behind it. But so I'll give you an example um, that with messaging, be precise, be spot on, and then, you know, understand your audience. Now, a, a lot of you are probably listening to this podcast because you saw an Instagram ad that had the startup hustle logo and said a podcast for entrepreneurs. So how did we arrive at that? I did some research. It said that people that listen to podcasts respond well to social media advertising. Mm. And then I tried some different ads that didn't do that great. And I just kept refining. I said, you know what? Let's just make this as simple. What is, what are, what is this? It's a podcast for entrepreneurs. Now I even tried one that said a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. It did like 40% worse. Yeah. Trimmed it down. Mm -hmm. That's all we need to say that that's really what startup hustle is. It's a podcast for entrepreneurs. Yeah. I think the execution on that's really good. You know, a lot of times two people will, they're so afraid when they start AB testing, right? For example, that they, they'll do a very slight variation. Sometimes in the past, I've liked to try something kind of like that Geico commercial. Well, I'll go way, way out there yeah, yeah. And, and, and pull the ideas back in. A good A-B test is not a podcast for entrepreneurs, period, or a podcast for entrepreneurs with no period. Right. Like that's not an A-B test. No. That you're not, but um, some of the things, like I mentioned, like a podcast for entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, by entrepreneurs, or just the simple version, that could be an A-B test. I think that's a good enough differentiation. It's got to be, got to have something. So your voice is your mission statement and your tone is the application Mm -hmm. of that mission. So yeah. Um, By the way, tone just in life, 
can be everything and be like, you know what, Joel, I really think we could improve a whole lot. Joel, we could really improve a whole lot. Yeah. It's, it goes I said along. the same thing in two different tones and like they're complete. Which one did you receive? The second one? You're like, whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did I forget to do something? But you start, you can stop listening. I think too. it's about yeah. situational awareness. Yeah. Mm, Looking it. at the channel. You like that? It's a situational military awareness. term. Yeah. I still have a hard time picturing you in the military for years. You mean as an airborne parachute rigger jumping out of planes and protecting freedom? I, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I but did that. I just think the funny part. So when Joel applies for a job at your company, he will tell you, he goes, you say, well, how, I ask, how are you when it comes to taking responsibility for anything? Says, well, I used to have a job where I packed parachutes for paratroopers. I'm like, Okay, you probably had to have some responsibility for that because yes. if you didn't, someone would die. Correct. Which is way worse than anything, any outcome that would likely occur here. I hope so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If anyone dies here at work, <laughs> that's not good. So, um, either, we love acronyms and and easy things to remember. So, when it comes to brand voice, there are three C's. Would you like to share those, Joel? Sure. Let's go with culture, okay, community, and conversation. Just off the top of my head. So culture is like what makes you different or special or like, why do you stand out? Yeah. Like, and it may not. It, what's the fabric? It doesn't have to be drastic. It's just yeah. an honest assessment of who you are and what you offer. Well, I think culture is, is a good fit. And all right. So even Nike, just do it. Just do it. That's a culture thing though. Like there is a culture that has built, been built around some of the brands that we often consider fashion. And stuff like that. Some of it's like, fuck you. And it's an attitude, yeah. you know, like I'm going to put the word Supreme across this. And like, now it's way different right. than just that shirt. That's- I mean, Supreme put their name on a brick and sold it for a hundred bucks. Like if we can get them, anyone for, if you're anyone from Supreme, if you're listening, can you please just come tell us how you do it? Cause, but that's the thing though. There's a culture around that. There is that exists. And like, at some point that was created and it, and honestly, it might've it in many ways, it's kind of like a fuck you. Mm-hmm. I actually have a Supreme shirt. That's a bottle cap on it and says Supreme. And if you look at the little twisty part, it's like, please fuck off. And, you know, it's, I I know, but that's the whole point, but that's, that's the cultural element of it. So now that said, uh, back to your tone and your voice, they help define the culture, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So with a community play, you, that's, I, I sometimes refer to this as tribe. Okay. You know, like, so when you. Tribe building is some of the most powerful result that you results that you can come, you can arrive at when it comes to not only community building, but your marketing message and whatever. So why? Well, because when you're tribe building or the community aspect, you're, you're getting, you're encouraging people to get together and find as much value from each other as they are from the parent, anything. Okay. So uh, there's actually a book by Seth Godin about this called tribes, which I highly recommend. And immediately he references the grateful dead, which is an, an amazing, whether you like him or not, don't care. You probably know that example either way. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. And you know, like fish, McGee, like all these different bands have followed in the, in the footsteps of that. But the thing is, is okay. So you have, 
you had the Grateful Dead, and then they had this massive community of people that followed them everywhere. Now, when you talk to those people, they were just as excited about being there and with each other as they were for the show. Like some, half of them came, didn't even go to the show. Yeah. Right. They were there for each other. So that was a, an example of community and of tribe. So they found as much value from the other members of the community as they found from the parent category, as we'll call it. And they were yeah active participants in all of that too. Yes. Yes. So, and that's the whole thing. Now, when you come to building your brand voice and your digital marketing message, if you can manage to get other people, like for example, you make a post, this is all right. So I made a post on Facebook um, a week or so ago that said, if, if we hosted you on startup hustle, what would the episode be about? Mm-hmm. And I've had like 150 responses to like comments to that. Like it's easily the most engaged thing that I've done on Facebook. Right. Yeah. But with that, we had people that were making comments. They were they were even commenting on each other and people that didn't even know each other. Yeah. Right. So that is, that is an effective, that was an effective marketing message for a lot of different reasons. A, I came up with a bunch of people that could be future guests. I've got a hell of a lot of titles and subjects to discuss. Right. And as they can continue to communicate with each other about them, they continued to define that whole thing. Yeah. And it also proves that, you know, that theory that the com- they're, they're all part of the community, whether they know each other or not, mm-hmm. like personally, and they all want to participate yes, in yes. the community, in the conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I've wanted to do for a while. And, you know, we, we tried with uh, the Startup Hustle Facebook chat group and right. it just never really got moving, you know, like, so it's hard. It's yeah. hard to get people. But if you can get that moving and use your brand voice to do it. Another thing too, is just with a general brand voice is like, we identify with you. We know your pain. We understand your struggle. You know, like there What's some, we do that with full scale. Yeah. Like, Hey, we under, we, the struggle is real. <laughs> like we get it. This isn't easy. Um, all right. Then conversation, that's just personality and authenticity. And that's, yeah, like you were talking about earlier. I mean, who wants to read a book unless it's something like, uh, you know, uh, a thesis on, uh, you know, Alzheimer's in the brain, people want to have conversations. That's where they're comfortable. That's where they relax. That's where you can, uh, be the most honest and authentic and transparent with someone. And that, you know, some of that, that conversation, some things like I just mentioned, like the, we know the struggle. We understand you. Mm -hmm. I get you, Joel. I get you. But that was a conversational that's authentic, authentic, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've been there before, you know, and, you know, I think that when it comes to building your, your message and your marketing, if your buyer, okay, people like to buy from people that they like and people and people and products and companies they identify with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's why I said, like, like, Hey, we get you. Like that would actually be a decent conversational message. I think so. We get you. It's a little, it's a disarming, you yeah. know, yeah. It, for me, immediate, it yeah. would immediately drop a couple of, of barriers that may be there from a psychological standpoint. Like, okay, I can identify with these guys. They like, can identify it, with me. And they might, you, the, now the reason that this messaging, all this messaging is important 
is whether you're paying for the ads in digital marketing, whether you're posting them organically, you have to get someone to stop scrolling. Oh, that's hard. I mean, it is. Yeah. And that's the whole point. It's not with your, with your digital marketing messaging. It's not like I've got to get everything done in this 1080 by 1080 image. No, you have to get them to stop scrolling, look at it and then want more. Yeah. And in some cases do it with like 12 characters. Yeah. I think a lot of times too, it's actually like, I think you have to, you have to touch people seven times before they will remember you. Oh, I was going to say call the cops or recognize I meant touch them, touch them through a digital channel, but you know, depends who you are and where you are maybe. So traffic is nice, but conversations are more valuable. I mean, that's so, you know, when, when it comes to your digital marketing messaging, you need to always be asking yourself, I mean, it's really simple, the who, what, where, when, and why. Um, now we had this debate this morning prior to doing the podcast about like, you know, would you want, would you want 40 visits from laser sharp targeted potential clients or would you want 4,000 in general? And that's a tough question to answer, but if the 40 resulted in conversations, amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, I've used this 10, eight, four, two, one analogy when it comes to sales, it goes with marketing. You have 10 people, only eight people even acknowledge you exist. Four of them will be interested in what you're talking about. Two of them might be qualified to buy it. And you're hoping that one does. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with any marketing. It's like, you're just trying to thin that down. So, and we'll talk more about that in the, the execution part about why, and there's a reason that 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 all of your quote data is so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's because it lets marketers be so precise. Yeah. Now it's a different debate. Some people think their phones listen to them. Honestly, some of those algorithms are just so accurate. They know you like a Snickers, and then maybe your phone listens to you too. Hell, I don't know. Okay. So are we going to do a tone of voice exercise? I mean, we can. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we were actually going to say that. That was just a, a, a bullet point. Are we going to? Well, it's on my, I'm like, I always, it's for those of you listening, I, we do have some people here that help with our production and they often ask me, they're like, well, what do you want? I'm like, Ron Burgundy reads what's on the teleprompter. <laughs> so sometimes I think they test me on that. So if you hear me talking about tits McGee later, <laughs> that's, that's Joel and Johnny. That's right. Testing the theory. We really do have a teleprompter. We don't use it for this, but yeah, we will eventually uh, maybe that, that cautiously is, to be scary. So, all right. So an example of a tone of voice exercise, and we're going to use full scale as yeah. an example here. So once again, that's the company that Matt Watson and I own and Joel's the chief marketing officer. So at full scale, our goal is to solve the problem that tech companies have of not being able to find people to work. They don't, I mean, there's 350,000 open tech jobs. People need help. I mean, dude, that's like real, man. That's yeah. like, I mean, that's just in the United States. That's a real fact. Dude, that's crazy. That's, I mean, there's a negative unemployment rate for tech in every city in the United States, which is nuts. So, right. so that's the problem we're trying to solve. But 
knowing that that problem exists and, and mentioning that doesn't have a whole lot that doesn't get us very far with our brand message. So, you know, the business value is like we are client focused, right? Because we have to be. Right. There's no other reason the the company exists. It's the clients. That's the truth. If the clients don't exist, then I can't employ 200 people. Client focused also means that there's open lines of communication between the client and us. There's no middleman. Yeah. We've taken that out. So that's a truth. Right? Yes. Yes. Very much. Very much. Our clients get full at direct access to the people that work full time for them as they should. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side of that, we also say that we're developer centric. Now, that is a dual. That is a dual phrase in our marketing message. Cause that's not only for our clients, it's also for our employees. Mm-hmm. We need, you need your employees to identify with the community message you're conveying and the brand that you're selling. Otherwise it doesn't have, it, it, it's, it's hollow. Right. So, I mean, you, you want them to care about, well, the- well, that's the point if they don't buy into it. So you have as much of a marketing message, uh, to refine to your own team. And within your own walls, as you do outwardly, because you can convey it all you want oh, outward. Yeah. And if the, if you finally get the people inside the doors and you're like, wait, I thought this was Chuck E. Cheese. This is a bowling alley. Yeah. You're like, uh, maybe. That you know? truth can go both yeah. ways. Yeah. So some other things that uh, that can be business values and also great in your in your uh, tonality. So we, we say quick, affordable and solutions. That's like what we're focused on. Like we want to make it fast, easy, affordable and help you find solutions. Right. Like and straightforward. Yeah. Cuz for example, w- when a technology company thinks about having to fill one position, they're like, "How oh, we got it." And this isn't something they do all, all the time, every time. So they're like, "God, we and maybe we're not experts on assessment. Maybe we're not experts on interviews." And then you start looking, you're like, "I got to talk to a lot of people. I got I got to do interviews now, mm-hmm. but that's going to take me away from what I'm doing. So, you know, like I said, like quick, affordable solutions, like those are precise. Are. Notice that none of those business values, those are key words. Those aren't even phrases mm-hmm. because guess what? We live in a, a world that's scrolling by. Scrolling by quickly. You yeah. have what? Like, you so, know, this a second, maybe that might even be too much. It's probably high. Yeah. yeah. So, there are, the, Joel, are you familiar with any behaviors that, I mean, what, what do consumers want from brands and digital marketing channels? In my opinion, uh, I think they want honesty first and foremost. It's they're going to be able to sift through whether or not you can actually, you you're, you can stand behind what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And that's goes back to what I was just saying too. It's like, you have to, there has to be belief inside the walls of the castle. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise people aren't going to fight to defend it. They aren't. They are going to castle reference. That was that was not pre-planned. Do you know that there's a DeCourcy castle in Ireland? Is there? Yeah, it's really wild. Do you know what your family shield looks like? I don't. I'm American. I've never even been to Ireland. Yeah, and I'm and I'm adopted, so I'm probably I'm not even Irish, but I'm from an Irish. Forty three percent Irish. For real, I don't know. Okay. You are, yeah. Well, then you're more Irish than I am. But my family's got a castle. That's true. It's there's weird. probably a Johnson it's, castle. It's in like Sweden, though. I mean Johnson. Johnson. Are you related to Johnson and Johnson? Uh, no. If you were, you wouldn't have to work here. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> true. Is, not probably. It is true. But there was a funny documentary about that was filmed by one of the members of the Johnson and Johnson family about rich 
like aristocracy type children. Mm. And it like, like Trump's daughter was one of them. Like some of the other people are in there and they put that out and they all sued him because <laughs> it was just made them look terrible. But, and and right. so, but that, you know, that said, you talk about the, the way that you're perceived, mm-hmm. like they thought that they let that documentary be filmed and they, Oh, people think we're fun. Like, no dude, I don't fly in a helicopter to a club in Manhattan and then take it back home. Right. I don't have a butler. I can't identify with that. And that's that honest part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I have a hard time identifying with that, but honesty is about, you know, it's, it's more than just telling the truth. Right. In that case, uh, a story about how Johnson, Johnson, Johnson and Johnson became what it is would have been much more interesting. And I think the backlash from the yeah, Instagram influencer version of just rich kids doing whatever they want yeah. would have been much more impactful. It was definitely more interesting. Oh, for sure. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I, I was like, oh, well, it did feel honest, actually. Honestly, I cannot relate with what you're doing. <laughs> um, friendly. How about being friendly? Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean, it goes without saying there. You You can't be... I don't know. Give, can you think of an example of a brand that you spend your money on it's or believe in? It's not friendly. That doesn't come off as friendly. No. Right. No. I mean, no. If your goal is to. I can't even come up with an example. I know. Can you? No. That's my so, point. I, I guess. Because it doesn't work. Well, it, I, I would say this, like in the, in the service industry, have you ever had a rude waiter? Oh yeah, waitress, bartender. I mean, it doesn't even have to be in service; it could be anywhere. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, people generally want a friendly experience, no matter where they are. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm not a waiter. I was a terrible waiter. Oh, not, I, I was, was super I friendly. I was just really slow. I, I wouldn't have been either because I would have quit. Um, helpful. How about helpful? Helpful is always good. I think that's a consumer uh, uh, behavior that consumers want. But that's you know back to the to the messaging. You know, we can help. Mm-hmm. We have solutions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the key. Um, keep in mind, people are buying things for a, a small number of reasons. Uh, they want to save money. They want to make money. They want to increase their status. They want peace of mind. Uh, they want to make some kind of improvement. There's a fear of missing out that something's that they're going to miss. Um, you know, these are some of the things. There's also like convenience mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, and you know, that's why Amazon crushes like, dude, I bought a bunch of shit on Amazon last night that, well, I'm taking it with me to Cebu and I knew that I bought it. I didn't, I did it from my bed and nice. this is why retail's failing. Right. Cause it's so convenient it and is. I know it's, I know it's going to be here. I'm leaving this weekend and it's, you know, it's, I'm sitting there at midnight on a Tuesday and I'm like, I know, I got to know I'm going to get this before Friday. Because if it comes on Monday, it's too late. Yeah. How often do you change your purchase if it says cannot deliver by tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm I'm usually fine with the two day, but if it's if it's sketchy, if it's I wouldn't order if it was like somewhere in between February 28th and March yeah. 3rd. No, that's not going to work for me. No. Even if I don't need it, if I find that message, I'm like, I just don't trust that anymore. I really need that one day, two day confirmation. Yep, guaranteed. Uh, right. Well, but it's, but there's a level of reliability and helpfulness and and transparency that you grow. That's good branding. Um, all right, let's talk about don'ts. Don'ts. Don't not reply 
to people who are reaching out to you. Wait, what? Oh, don't be unresponsive. Don't be unresponsive. Okay. How about annoying? Yeah. Don't Don't, do that either. Don't be annoying. (laughs) These are pretty straightforward. How about spammy, offensive, or inconsistent? I mean, spammy's tough because uh, what crosses the line mm-hmm. is different for a lot of people. Can be, yeah, you know, and like uh, I, I, when it comes to to digital marketing channels, as long as you're offering, if there's some value, and your posts don't immediately lead to like, so what? Who cares? Um, you can you can throttle up some volume, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that like more than one post a day is spammy. Now, if it's just like, if you have six pictures that were all in the same setting, like bundle those together. Yeah. It's not six different posts or just maybe just pick one. And I think one of the things that comes off as not spammy is using kind of that friendly, helpful, those tone of voices that, okay, I'll give this, I'll give this a a few more lines of reading this email before I pass judgment. Yeah. And then inconsistent is just sometimes like even the appearance. Mm -hmm. Like you want to have, well, give a few comments about brand standards. Yeah. We're, we're, what are they? Yeah. We're building them out now. Well, yeah. And some of the, well, at full scale, I mean, some of them we've had and that, but brand standards in general are like the expectations. Like we use this type of font. This is our logo. Yeah. It's green. This is this, this is a style. It this is green. Is, it is not red. It is is not red. It's not we, any color but green. Or if white. we and we were talking about that somewhat because even those that consider themselves experts have to refine things. So we've had a big debate. At, so at full scale, we have the full scale logo, and then we have a little circle with an FS in it, mm-hmm. which is good when you need an emoji or something that fits well in a circle. Yeah. But realistically, as much as I would love for it to be different, the full scale brand isn't so strong that that FS is always going to be identified or recognized. So we refer to that as our secondary yeah. thing, but it has to much things that are secondary. Okay. The moon, the moon is a secondary piece to the earth. Fair enough. Right. So it's a complementary thing. So with, when the consistency of your brand, like you know, too many people make logos that don't make any sense that I can't even read what they are. And then they're, that's like just what they're posting. And I'm like, you have, this is worthless because mm-hmm. now Nike can do that with a swoosh. That was my example this morning in our meeting. I said, if you, three stripes and everyone's like Adidas. Okay. And then what do we say? Four stripes. And you're like TJ Maxx pay or, less. or pay less. Right. Like I would love to even be four stripes and have people I spit my name out. Like on some level, they've built enough of a brand to know that there's an imposter that works. But what you know, you have to be realistic about what your overall brand is and what it does, you know, and like what the value is. Like right. the swoosh wasn't as identifiable in the second year of Nike's business. No, no. now it's everywhere. Right. I mean, the literally consist- everywhere. Consistency is good. Yeah. Sometimes it's by itself. Sometimes it's got Nike below it. So I'd like to talk about keeping our brand voice strong and memorable. (laughs) Was that good? That was. Well, be distinctive, be consistent, and be relevant. You know, back to the the consistency, like, all right, 
Um, <laughs> I see a lot of people do this, man. They like try to get a little wacky and they're just way off brand. Message. Quirky. Yeah. It's not even that they're not even close. Right. You know, it's like they, uh, you know, you run in an HR service and you're like, Hey, this is me bowling. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, so separate some of it. Now that's tough because a lot of people push the personal brand. You know, and, and there's, uh, there's validity to that, but at the same time, you got to keep it relevant. Um, you know, I, as we kind of round out this episode and, uh, you know, the, the overall message of this, I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, where would you want to start in closing? Well, I think reinforcing your brand beliefs, um, you know, we, we've gone through in some of these episodes and even this one just talked about like really honing in on who you are going to talk to, what you're going to say to them, where it's going to be, the tone of voice, the flavor of what you're saying, all of those, all of those things combined, you know, kind of you, what, what do you believe about your brand? Yeah. And you need to, you need to be 100% sure that that's the case. And then that's what you start communicating to people. Right. But internally and externally. Both, for I, sure. I think one of the things with today's episode, and you talk about, you know, the overall brand and digital marketing messaging. I mean, they were talking about brand messaging. And and um, I at full scale, I take, the, I, all right, so there are internal brand messages that are just as important as the outward version. So like in our office in Cebu City in the Philippines, I have a, a brand message that, we that we have established and delivered for recruiting okay and it's got like eight little seven or eight little bullet points or the benefits of working with us and it's not just like some of it's top pay yes top benefits but top clients that's important like i can pay you really well and if you do if you i can pay you really really well to come do a shitty job you hate you'll still quit you will yeah they always will yeah. So, so the question is, is like, you know, and the same thing goes with it. I've actually, t- you know, you, you would think at a service company or some companies think, Hey man, look, I'll take the business. We turn down clients all the time. I actually had a meeting. It was about, it was over a month ago, but I sat down and I told the lady, I said, look, I'm not sure we're going to be a great fit. I'm going to have to get a little deeper into figuring that out. And, and, then the other person that was in the meeting was there and she said after I left, she's like, are, are, do you think that he's going to want to take our account? You know, but like part of that was, is establishing our voice and our mission. And that's that like, you've got to be a good fit. Why, why wasn't she just out of curiosity? Oh, the, you know, so at full scale, there's a few things that we really require that, that we, well, there's a few things that we've learned that, me bringing you in as a client to just fail right away is not only a distraction to us because mm-hmm. you're li- the lifetime value of your accounts dog shit at that point. Right. The majority of the work that we have to do is upfront, getting you paired up with people that will do a good job for you, getting you started, all of that. And, uh, so, you know, in that case, uh, and then sometimes it's about, you know, are you equipped to handle what we do or we're, we're uh, realistically a staff augmentation company, if you have no staff to augment, then I have to make sure that the, the guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have a history with design, Mm -hmm. the worst clients says, you say, well, what do you have in mind? I don't know what, what, whatever you think is best. Make it, 
Can you make it bigger? Can you can you make it cool? Can you put a I don't know. I just want to see something different than what we've got. Like that's the worst input ever. Right. Ever. You've you've found someone because you spend a whole lot of time and you bring it back and uh, none of these are really what I'm looking for. Okay, so what exactly are you looking for? But that's someone who hasn't doesn't have any brand beliefs. Yeah. Because if they did, they would come in with a very clear vision and clear statements and clear execution. And and sometimes in that case as well, um, because I I consider myself a defender of the people (laughs) when it comes to my own staff. And um, we've talked in the past about personality styles and when people are stressed, they exhibit the worst qualities of their own personality style. Like it's just, it's just science. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in this particular case, I was concerned about resources. So part of the, the thing that I try to avoid is immediately signing up clients that are resource strapped because I've learned pretty quickly that they micromanage the account, they get stressed out, they freak out. And, you know, like we have some clients that are so big that they have paid four people to sit there and do nothing for two weeks because they didn't have their own shit together enough to get them work in orders. And like, they didn't stress out about that because they, they weren't resource strapped. Right. In some of those cases, those that are resource strapped would be freaking out. They're emailing, can I put my account on hold for two weeks? No, you cannot. That's not how we do this. Right. And that's not how we're going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, in some of those cases, it was just clarifying that. Um, yeah, you know, and, and we're, I don't want to get too far off track here, but that still that brand message, um, you know, the, that, that was me outlining the ideals the things that are important to us. I said in the beginning, we are client obsessed. Mm -hmm. I'm not obsessed with your success. If I just shove you into failure. Yeah. Yeah. And then really the main thing is protecting our own brand identity. Um, so in some, in certain situations, uh, some, all right. So if you're not equipped to handle what you're going to, if I'm positive that your shit's going to fail, I don't want you as a client because we could do the greatest job in the world. You're going to implode and blame me. Right. And it's yeah. just not worth it, man. No, it's just not, not worth it. I don't want to be a party to that. I don't want to be like, Hey man, I'm, it's almost like helping someone kill themselves. It's like, it's like, well, that would make our mission statement. We're client focused. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. But the developer centric side is, is important. Well, it's important too, because another thing as well as, um, you know, the personality styles of, of, of a lot of our employees, um, trend towards the B side, mm-hmm. you know, type B personalities, and they don't want the change. They don't want to be in a constant shade, state of stasis. They feel like they failed. And uh, th- when you're in this in a business like ours, I always have to handle that because one client can end, fail, pop, send them back, or do something. And I, I but those people still work for me. Yeah. And when you're benching your starters, um, it takes it a little while for them to get that out of their head. Sure. So yeah. All right. So moving on and, you know, kind of rounding this out um, and we're going to get into the execution part uh, in the final piece of the series, but you need to start, you need to be prepared to monitor your engagement. And that also includes things like goal tracking. And we didn't get too far into that because that's an execution thing, but you have to start giving some thought to it. And that begins by saying, before you start any of it, what, what, what do we consider successful here? Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. I mean, I, we, yeah, it's important with anything. And in the last, you know, 10 years or so, I've really started asking myself that because it's the only way you can say that doing anything is adding value. And if it's not, it's something you should probably consider not doing. 
Yeah. And you know, the final point, and I say this a lot is with marketing, you, I, there's only three words that matter. Test, test, test. Yeah. But the thing is, is a test without some kind of comparative anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you testing what are you at learning? that point? And we, so I'll give a, I, I like giving real examples here. So at full scale, you know, we're doing tech services and we were looking at LinkedIn ads, which are kind of tricky and weird. They're a little different than other stuff as we're learning. But, you know, for example, if for $5 a click, if I could get 400 clicks, like actually $2,000 to acquire a new user or client is not remarkably expensive for a company like ours. Right. So then the question is, is, well, how do we do that? Or like, would that be successful? How do we measure it? And, you know, we're going to really get into that in the execution part. And it's, it, you know, it's not hard, but it is. It takes a lot of thought. And it also just takes doing things like putting some tags on your website and creating some goal paths sure. and, and determining like what's a win. Yeah. And making sure that you can actually measure stuff. And the reason that that's important is as you begin to roll out your digital strategy, and you've got noise coming and things going in six different directions. If you have no idea later on down the road what's actually working, how do you know what to focus on and what to stop doing? I find often you'll go back to step one and say, well, we know we did this one to 80%, but now that it, since it's not complete, maybe we need to go back and refine and f- finish this step before we move forward. Be good at one thing before you try to be good at six. Yeah. So by the time we're here at step three and message, you you should be... You should be dialed in and lined up, knowing what you're going to say, knowing yep. where you're going to say it to get ready to execute. Well, based on that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode so we can begin can't to wait. execute. See you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.